We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was standing there pretty stoic throughout the night. He has never been one to wear his emotions on his sleeve, obviously. As a matter of fact, the most amount of emotion I think we ever saw out of Cream was maybe one or two on-court punches and uh, his turn as Roger Murdoch in Airplane. That's about as much as Kareem ever really let you peek behind the curtain. He was obviously asked an awful lot about what did he think of LeBron, and Kareem is really kind of a weird guy. He's He's... He is, uh, he, he, there's just nothing simple about him. No, he's not, but he's not weird. He's complicated, but he's bright. Right. And he doesn't hide the fact that he's bright. Um, yeah, I don't find him weird at all. I find him fascinating. But he just acts a little funny. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like if you walk up to him, hey, how you doing? Like, there's, he couldn't just really smoothly answer and be like, great, how are you? Like, there's just nothing, no. there's nothing easy breezy. About Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, but he doesn't have to be easy or breezy. I think he's genuinely the very thoughtful, bright guy that he's always been. Like, to me, the right thing to say... When somebody asks him, well, what do you think about LeBron breaking the record? Like, the right thing to say is just the simplest thing to say. Like, congratulations to him. I, for one, know exactly how hard it is to get to that plateau. I enjoyed my time there. But... Records are made to be broken, and he is certainly a worthy player of breaking my record. Congratulations to him. Just something sweet and simple and just easy. But here's what Kareem had to say. Quote, In the months leading up to LeBron breaking my record, so much was written about how I would feel on the day he sank that record-breaking shot that I had to laugh. I already written several times stating exactly how I felt, so there really wasn't much to speculate about. It's as if... I won a billion dollars in the lottery, and 39 years later, somebody won $2 billion. How would I feel? Grateful that I won and happy that the next person also won. His winning in no way affects my winning. Like a simple congratulations would have been... No one one was trying to diminish your winning. No No one was trying to take anything away from you there, Kareem. No, but he didn't say that he wrote it. That came off his blog. That that's that's writing. That's not speaking. Um, I I thought when he was asked to speak last night while at the game, I thought he was very complimentary and very genuine. I mean, writing is different than speaking. I mean, that seems self-evident. Right. But he went on to write, "If I had a choice of having my scoring record remain intact for another hundred years, or spend one afternoon with my grandchildren, 
I'd be on the floor in seconds stacking logos and eating Uncrustables. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think he would. I don't know. There's no way he gets on the floor. That's a big drop. He's a big man. His knees going. His knees can't work like that anymore. Anyway, well, maybe he's got the, a home where he can let, raise the floor. Maybe he does. Maybe you bring the kids up to yeah, him. Yeah, no, I had I had no problem with what he said. The, I thought it was funny though when Magic Johnson speculated that this must be bothering Kareem. He wrote in that blog, you know, Magic got that wrong. Said, you know, I we've talked about this several times. I'm delighted for LeBron, and I think he genuinely is because I don't think. He holds on to records. I think people know how great he is well beyond this random number. And so I I honestly believe that he just, you know, nah, you got it wrong. I'm fine with this. Because I think he is. So with all of the memory lane that got served up, you know, the... The archival footage of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career, uh, the archival footage of LeBron James and all the stuff that's come out around the both of them. My favorite piece of memory lane was a list that somebody had clipped out of a newspaper and put on Twitter. I saw it. uh, A guy named Ronnie Flores is the one who posted it. When Kareem Abdul-Jabbar went around the NBA on his farewell tour... Every city, every single city that he stopped in, gave him something. Ray, I've got the list. Would you like to hear what NBA teams and cities and franchises gifted to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was exiting in his final season as the all-time scoring leader and one of the most transformative, uh, pinnacle, pivotal players in the history of the league? We'll start with the New York Knicks, who, you know, I guess. Came big and correct. They gave him a silver apple from Tiffany's, which feels like a New Yorky thing to give, right? Yeah. You know, that's. But I mean, you know, it's okay. Yeah, I don't know how much you're going to do with it. It's a knickknack. But, you know, here's you, a knickknack. Yeah, you don't want a tool belt. No. I mean, here's a knickknack. It's an apple. We're the big apple. Tiffany's, hmm. that's kind of a New Yorky thing. I might have gone gold. It's probably expensive. So there you go. Uh, they probably did a trade out with Tiffany's. Probably. <laughs> probably, no doubt about it. They probably did. Uh, he gets to Detroit and they give him a portrait. Portrait of Kareem Abdul Jabbar. It would become kind of standard operating procedure as he went through the league. Philadelphia, right? Night, they gave him a portable telephone and a CD player. I guess these must have been luxury items back in the day, right? You won't believe some of the stuff that he got. He gets to Indiana, and for some reason, they give him a flute, a saxophone, and a portrait. Did you know LeBron as a flautist or a horn player? Or, no, excuse me, Kareem? Uh, no, I knew he was heavily into jazz. So, so that, I mean, that I think he might have appreciated those. So, here's the thing. He's so heavily into jazz, there is one gift here. I guarantee you he liked more than any other gift that he got from any other NBA team. We'll get to it in a second. He gets to Milwaukee. They give him a Harley-Davidson motorcycle, which is pretty much standard operating procedure for anyone who comes through Milwaukee getting anything. Uh, he also got a portrait from the Bucks. He goes to Cleveland, and he gets an Iranian carpet and conga drums. It's racist. Let's be honest. That's not. I know, but conga drums and an Iranian carpet from the Cleveland Cavaliers. He goes to New Jersey and he gets a Lennox bowl, Lennox crystal. I guess they make that in New Jersey, I guess. I don't know. Um, He also got a VCR. 
that was cutting edge back then. It was cutting edge technology. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we are talking about 24 years ago. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he got a Betamax or a VHS. I think either way, it's the same gift. Well, no, Betamax. Well, I mean, Betamax died immediately. Right. VCRs eventually got aged out. But right. But at least you got a them, decade. Neither of them are on his shelf today. By the way, do you know what was the breaking uh, in, in the battle between Betamax and VHS tapes? Do you want to know what decided that battle? I should probably know this, but I don't. The pornography industry chose VHS. Well... It's nice to have friends. <laughs> but that's how it happened. That's why Betamax did not stand uh, and VHS did. Anyway, we get back to the what did you get when you retired, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, he gets to Boston. They give him a piece of the Boston Garden floor. He gets to Washington. The Bullets gave him a jukebox. He gets to Chicago. And Chicago didn't give him jack, man. They gave him a VCR and a fishing rod. <laughs> That's that you go retire, you old man. That's what the fishing rod is. Yeah, I mean, was there ever any evidence that he was a fisherman at any point or uh, enjoyed? You know, I mean, everybody, I guess, the VCR had to be like the cutting edge thing of the time. That's all I could figure because he's all of a sudden got four of them by my count. Uh, he gets to Dallas. He gets a verdite elephant sculpture. I don't even know what that means. What's a verdite elephant? Is that a is that a brand? An artist? A material? I could have Googled this, but I didn't. He goes to Utah, and for whatever reason, they decide to give him an 1886 Winchester rifle and cowboy boots. Very, very on brand, Utah. Nice job. He gets to Houston. Ray, he gets a computer. No other details given. Maybe it was a Commodore 64. Maybe it was an Atom. I don't know. It was a computer that he got when he got to Houston. He gets to Atlanta on March 7th, and this is what I bet you his favorite gift was. He gets to Atlanta on March 7th, and he gets the complete Warner Brothers jazz library and a painting. I bet he appreciated both of those very much. I bet he did. It's thoughtful. I mean... Because he, he was, you know, very, I mean, he was very he much jazz. into jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Miami, he gets a Haitian marble sculpture and a Pacific cruise. Makes sense. I'm sure it was a, a celebrity cruise because Mickey Aronson owns, what, the celebrity cruise line, I believe. Uh, he gets to Charlotte. He gets a rocking chair. Good old standard for old man yeah, leaving. Yeah, weak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sacramento. The governor declared it cream day, and he got an engraved clock. In Phoenix, he gets golf clubs and a bronze statue. In Denver, he got a Vail ski trip and a gold nugget. In Seattle, he got a rocker reclining chair. The Golden State Warriors seem to have done right. He got a video camera from the Warriors, a CD player, again, cutting-edge stuff at the time, and a 24-foot sailboat. Okay. Were you there that night? Did they bring, I was not. Did they push the sailboat out into the arena? No. I'm sure they did. Uh, let's see. In San Antonio, he gets a painting. Very cheap. Uh, the Clippers gave him maybe the, maybe the worst the worst set of gifts. The Clippers give him a surfboard, a wetsuit, and a beach umbrella. Like, thanks. Like, I'm going to get my kid the same thing going on our Mexican vacation. He's three. Yeah. The unmistakable feel of Don Sterling. In Portland, he gets a glass batgammon table. The Lakers, they did right by him. They gave him his own lit tennis court and a Rolls Royce. 
Yeah. I mean, actually, I mean, other than the two stupid rocking chairs the and the, the fishing rod, um, there aren't a lot of awful gifts there, given the time. You know, I think they might have been able to coordinate a little better and not have him end up with six VCRs, but... Right. You guys going VCR? Yeah, we're going VCR. Well, we're going VCR, too. Yeah. I mean, they had conference calls back in the day. You didn't have to Zoom then. You could have you could have actually done this and figure out, all right, let's give him 24 different things that he can appreciate. And let's, let's just spend a half an hour thinking about it. VCR collusion. Yeah. At the very least could have helped yeah, out. I mean, it, it sounds like they basically waited for a, you know, a Radio Shack truck to disgorge its contents in front of the arena. They said, we'll take one of those. A couple more notes on the uh, last night's historic NBA moment. Then we're going to put some focus on a moment that the Warriors need to take advantage of tonight when they get up to Portland. It is Clay's 33rd. We will wish one of the most beloved Bay Area athletes, one of the most liked stars in Bay Area sports history, a very happy birthday on the other side of the break as well. Damon and Rano here on 95.7 The Game. We are brought to you by Lucky California. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. So the NBA's trade deadline is tomorrow at noon. We'll have you covered leading up to the trade deadline, obviously. I know that Tim Kawakami is joining the morning show from 8 to 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, reacting to anything that actually happens. We got nothing but rumors to pass along to you. Rumor is right now the Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves are talking about a three-team deal that could have D'Angelo Russell back in L.A., Russell Westbrook, and draft picks going to Utah while Mike Conley Jr. heads to Minnesota. That seems to be the big thing bouncing around today, our trade deadline coverage. Brought to you by Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' comp law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. Talking about lives, Ray, we're looking at some of the great basketball lives ever lived in real time. And you and I are old enough to have enjoyed a few of these as well. And we really, you know, if you're a basketball fan and you got 
a handful of these careers, if not all of them, to enjoy, it, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, let, let's be totally honest. Even if you hated LeBron James more than any other modern athlete, you'd have to also agree, while you're hating LeBron James more than any other modern athlete, that LeBron is the most successful modern athlete living today. He really is. He has survived and thrived in a modern social media world that no athlete or generation of athletes really before him had to deal with. Certainly no one at his stature of fame as early as he was famous. We're talking about his sophomore year in high school. He was becoming a household name and, and he has basically lived his entire life controversy free. There's been manufactured controversy. There's been things misinterpreted and presented as controversial. But in the truth of you know a world that could get really controversial for you real fast lebron is essentially controversy free in his life with a level of scrutiny applied to him that no other athlete has ever had to sustain well he's been profoundly careful about that to his credit because if you're not careful stuff will run away from you and really the only criticisms that attach to him are Matters of roster construction. That's as that's as much as you can say that he's gotten wrong, or that you can you can pin on him. Well, and he's and, got it wrong on this step. I mean, he didn't have it wrong when he got to Miami, right? You know, that was pretty much his roster he constructed, and that worked. It well, no, it it worked enough so that he wanted to do it when he came back to Cleveland. Um, then he wanted definitely to do it. In L.A., um, to the point where I mean, Rob Palinka is essentially his hand-chosen general manager, and he seems to be way out over his skis on that. But that's—I mean, there, there's never been a play, an active player, who's been a very good general manager in any sport. It just that—that's one of those skills you have to get only by doing it over and over again. The way he became a great player. How about this? But, Most general managers in any one city never win a championship. LeBron, acting as a general manager, as bad as he's been at times, has won three championships. Okay, but he got to start with an advantage that most general managers didn't. Him. Sure. And he was the driving force behind all those championships. I mean, the, the one in Cleveland, that was mind over matter. Um, the one in Miami was probably the purest of the three. And the one in the bubble, you know, I think people will have to hash, hash that out right. the way they want to. It's the easiest to scrutinize of the three. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, he's a mediocre general manager. But if that's the worst thing you can say about a guy, yeah, that's controversy free. Yeah, he's he's a mediocre. He's mediocre at the thing he never really was. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, by the way, mediocre if you are going to say him being... A chief architect of three titles is still coming in at mediocre in your book. Again, LeBron has had more success in the area we both agree he might have failed in than most people who choose that area will ever have. Yeah, and again, that's because he had him, which is an enormous advantage. Well, he also has an Oscar. It's also amazing that he, uh, it, in, in year 20, still equals automatic title. If you just add him to a few teams, and we'll go through those in just a minute. But the greatest basketball lives ever lived. From a modern standpoint, 
it is LeBron James. And also from a modern standpoint, you got to say Steph Curry. I mean, the man is just an unimpeachable leader, player, teammate, husband, family man, image. He, he is a winner of the very, very first degree. And there are no flies attached to that guy in a way where we live in a world that they're trying to throw flies to you to get to stick to you. And there's there's really nothing. No, he's another guy who's very careful about that. And if you want to try to survive this sort of atmosphere for this many years, you have to work at that hard. And I think both LeBron James and Stephen Curry have worked at that hard. I mean, I don't know what kind of weird ghosts either of them have. Nobody's perfect. But they do go aggressively out of their way to to stay out of the kind of trouble that chews up a lot of athletes who get too much money and too much fame way too early. We have, I believe, one other modern basketball entity that is living one of the great basketball lives ever lived. But is there anyone else other than LeBron James or Steph Curry that you would attach to already the phrase, that guy's living one of the greatest basketball lives ever lived right now in the NBA? Or are we, we're at a list of two, basically. Giannis. Giannis, sure, I'd like to see more of it, but he clearly is off to a staggeringly dominant start, and he's special. Kevin Durant, even though I think he's miserable, with every single step he takes in his life, he is living an extraordinary basketball life. Beyond that, going back through the ages, I mean, Bill Russell, the ultimate winner, the perfect gentleman, took no flack from no one. Lou Alcindor, obviously becoming Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a total icon, and he comes from an era where college mattered, and he is the single greatest end-all, be-all of college dominance we have ever seen. He is the sport's first true Iron Man. Wilt Chamberlain, guy, a legend who put up numbers in every avenue of life that will never be duplicated, shall we just say. You obviously can't have Magic Bird without Larry Johnson. The two of them are tied. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back that up. Uh, yeah, uh, Magic Johnson without Larry Bird. Uh, the two together is tied as two athletes have ever been in the history of sport. And it's... It's not an exaggeration. The modern NBA looks like the modern NBA because of them and their efforts and the marketing and the allure and the fascination that they brought from their rivalry in college to the NBA. We obviously get to Michael Jordan, who is just you know a game-changing icon that simply cannot be replicated. Because he was the first guy through the door in terms of it's not about being a popular team anymore. It's about being a superstar. It's about being an individual. You are going to market you as an, a, a name that goes above the team name. You are the marquee. It's not the Bulls that are coming yeah. to town tonight. It's Michael Jordan coming no, to town. No, he also invented athletes' business. He sure did. I mean, just he made a billion dollars as a businessman. And it wasn't I mean, yes, it was because he was a great player, but he had the wisdom to figure out, you know, I have a shoe named after me. And when that goes through the roof, I can have anything named after me that I want. He became, he was the first true athlete conglomerate. Yeah, he was 
He's the first guy to take a level of sports popularity and turn it into a level of business acumen that other Fortune 500 companies are trying to duplicate to these days. I mean, it's just, he, he changed the business of modern sports forever, not just the business that an athlete does, but a business that gets conducted around the sport itself. He changed how the NBA is presented, how sports television works. Again, it was a moment in time that can never be duplicated again. And to let you know that Michael Jordan was served very well by his moment in time, the lack of attention and the lack of 24-hour-a-day scrutiny is also something that benefited the myth of Michael Jordan. Because if he lived in a world where the TV studio followed you everywhere you went because everyone had a TV studio in their pocket, the majesty of Michael Jordan's mystery would have been revealed to him being like a a bully and a jerk in ways that would have served his well-crafted image poorly. But he also, if he had been put in this era, he would have been more circumspect about all of it. Maybe. He, I, think, well, I think he would have controlled his surroundings in such a way that you never got to see that stuff. And that, you know, anything that people want to say about him being a tyrannical teammate or a habitual gambler, he'd have controlled that better. Because he would have seen how that works. When he was at the height of his powers... There wasn't any of that, so he didn't have to worry about it. You know, the the complaints about him, A, were at best anecdotal. I mean, they were probably true, but nobody could ever come up with that video proof. And the other thing was, he was like Hyman Roth in The Godfather. He always made money for his partners. And that buys you a level of security that rich folks will go out of their way to protect, even if they're the ones who have to be the heavies. Let everybody see the cake before we cut it. Yeah. I mean, no, it just, he he was the first guy who could genuinely flex his muscles in a business sense. Before that, there wasn't enough money in sports to make athletes become potential owners. Before Michael Jordan gives way to LeBron James and Steph Curry, there was one other guy that I got to put in there. And look, with no disrespect to Tim Duncan, who was a... You know, a gentleman, we don't know about Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan never said anything. He was not interesting beyond the amount of titles that they won on his watch. He was a great player, but he was unappreciated pretty by, much across the board. By choice. Yes. I mean, it, well, it, it was sort of his choice. It's also, that's what the deal that happens when you get to San Antonio. But he had chances to leave and chose not to. He liked the privacy. We also liked the winning. Well, no, I mean... Clearly, but I mean, he could have won anywhere because he was that good. That said, he found a coach who he got along with completely, found teammates he liked, and saw no reason to try to do what a lot of guys wanted to do then and want to do now, which is, I got to make it in L.A. Right, or I got to make it in yeah, New York. He was happy to play the side stage. He didn't want to be on the main stage. Yeah. I mean, just, and he, well, he made his side stage the main stage. Once the NBA Finals rolled around and we're back in San Antonio. Yeah. yeah but, I mean, th- those that was all done on his terms, which means in that way he won just as much as any of these other guys we've mentioned. To me, the other really, truly fascinating basketball life that was, you know, 
made even more fascinating by how tragically it ended and got cut short as he was just about to dabble in his post-career playing days was Kobe Bryant, obviously. I mean, fascinating, tragic, brilliant, controversial, mamba. I mean, it was real. That really happened. Kobe was something else for a lot of reasons. I mean, you know, he he was a bully as a teammate. Um, he was instrumental in breaking up a Laker dynasty because he and Shaq couldn't get along. And there was the, the rape allegations in in Colorado, which damaged his reputation for a good long time. It's a place that if it happened in modern times, there's probably no coming back from. Yeah, but, you know, he, for whatever reason, A, he was a Laker, so, you know, a lot of that didn't stick to him. And the other thing was, in his post-career, as short as it was, he became an advocate for, for women's sports, particularly basketball. And that bought him some goodwill back. There are some people who always remember, Yep. The, the, I, I guess you just have to say it's a rape, and you know, are not going to forgive him. And I get why you wouldn't. But you know, when he died, it was considered more tragic than just desserts. It sure was. And the company that he kept in that moment you know amplified the element of tragedy around him that you know is is still felt to this day the other guy who i got just in terms of incredible basketball lives and i've brought this up with him in our interviews it's steve kerr ray unlike anyone else on this list he was not born with a body to play the game and be great at it But he was clearly born with the mind and the discipline to understand all the situations as they were happening and took advantage of all of them. I mean, say whatever you want about Steve Kerr. You know, did greatness follow him around? Or was the locker room that he was dressing in or coaching in flirt with greatness so often that we have to say it just it can't be coincidence. Was he the main driver of that level of greatness? No. No, not close. But he was the kind of guy that allowed a level of greatness while he was there to be sustained. And, you know, obviously this echoes more as a head coach than it did as a San Antonio Spur or, you know, with 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 the Chicago Bulls, but Greatness and him have shared too many locker rooms together for it to just be a total coincidence. Like, oh, he was so lucky that he was a part of all of this. And, and, and he'd be the first to tell you, yes, I was lucky to be a part of this. But he has done an incredible job as a puppet master. And he was very good when he was part of the marionettes. I don't know that he was ever a puppet master, though. I think that when he was in Chicago, he understood who he was. And his greatest accomplishment was winning Michael Jordan's respect and admiration. When he was in San Antonio, he basically took that as a learning opportunity because he was not an impactful player, but he sat at the feet of one of the two or three best coaches in the history of the sport. So he went to school on that. And when he got here, well, he got to Phoenix and that was a disaster. Because but I think you get to learn. He was learning on what not to do. Right. Yeah. You you get to learn. Sometimes it's really good to see how it's done poorly, so you learn how to at least avoid that. But when he was in Phoenix, like I said, it was a disaster because he was working for a dope, who's now basically out of the game, 
And then when he got to San, uh, Oakland, uh, he already had a team that had been built and was just ready for the, the tweakings that he wanted to put in. So, yeah, he's been incredibly lucky. But he has done nothing wrong with any of that luck. And he's just an extraordinary... Yeah, he's living in, you know, the, the the list wasn't great basketball players. It was extraordinary basketball lives. And yeah. Steve Kerr is certainly, it's an honorable mention. He's the only guy in the list who's not 6'5 and can jump out of a gym. <laughs> so we'll give him that much. No, no, he was more than deserving. One last thing on LeBron. One last thing before we move on. We got Peter King live at 5. Obviously, LeBron deserves some flowers today for what he accomplished last night. And what is amazing about this guy are the amount of teams that if he were to show up on their doorstep today, it would just mean automatic title. There aren't a lot of guys who could be an automatic title walking into just nine NBA locker rooms. And it's at least that for LeBron. It's year 20. You know, normally when you're passing a guy like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you're coming in limping. What's left of what you can give to the game is how you got past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in your year number 20. LeBron could be an MVP in his 20th year. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And not only would LeBron equal a title, in some of these cities, he's multiple titles, right? Because he's not done. I mean, that's a crazy thing. Look at the guy that played last night. You're telling me he's only got the rest of this year left in him? One more year left in him after that? No, he has as many years as he chooses to have. He's extraordinary. He's an extraordinary specimen. And if he showed up with the Warriors, that would be instant multiple titles. If he showed up with the Celtics, that would be instant multiple titles. If he were traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, that would be instant multiple titles. The Sixers, instant multiple titles. The Cavaliers might even be instant multiple titles. Denver, instant multiple titles. Dallas, instant multiple titles. Brooklyn, instant, no. maybe. <laughs> Brooklyn's a disaster no matter what. Him, Kevin Durant, and company could absolutely appear in a conference finals. Him, Kevin Durant, and who else? Doesn't matter almost. No, you're I'm, I was trying right. to be funny. Okay. But then again, those two guys and Ben Simmons, second rounder now. <laughs> Clippers, instant multiple titles. Right, if you showed up at the Clippers, Miami, I don't know about multiple, but an instant title could certainly be delivered in their first year. I don't, don't forget the Miami Heat were just in a seven-game series with the Boston Celtics. How about this one, Ray? Kings. LeBron shows up to the Kings today, plays the rest of the year with him. Can they be NBA champions? Yeah, because his... M.O. through 20 years is that he makes the guys around him better in most cases. He's largely failed to do that in L.A., but that is not because of him. And it's not because of him not trying. It's That's a horrible roster. And huh. that's, you know, maybe 25% him and 75% the people who pay him. How many guys in year 20 are instant multiple titles across any sport ever ever played any continent any sport any level it's ridiculous um, brady abdul jabbar gretzky um 
It's probably it off the top of my head. Three human beings. But there might be others. I haven't done a comprehensive search of what's left of my brain pan. Well, and here's the thing. Did 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 Gretzky skate 20 years? Did he have a 20-year-long career? Uh, he was like 18. Okay. But he could have played some more. He he went out when he wanted to. There, there were teams that wanted him to keep going. I'm sure the whole league wanted him to keep going. And by the way, considering how close someone is getting to his all-time goal scored record... Maybe he should have. We've seen some extraordinary records fall. Well, I don't know about I shouldn't talk for all of us, but I have. I I, I put together a real quick list of things that I've seen that are, are, are records that have happened in my lifetime. And at one point in time, most of these were offered up as that is unbreakable. You'll never see that happen in your lifetime. Well, there's a lot of things that were never supposed to happen in my lifetime that I've seen happen. And I didn't even think about it hard to come up with at least 10, 11, 12 things. So we're going to kind of jump into them. And then we're going to jump into a little Peter King, who's going to join us at 5 o'clock, live at 5 on the Bud Light guest line. We're looking forward to that as well. So don't you go anywhere. We are about to enter what is nothing short of the longest commercial-free segment of the entire afternoon. So stay tuned. Damon and Ratto here. Yeah, yes? Uh, Gretzky was 21 years, if you count the one year in the WHA. I will count the one year in the WHA. Thank you very much. Uh, all of our guests. Wayne Gretzky, not among them today. Up here on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. We're also brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. You can actually watch whatever this is on YouTube. You search 95.7 The Game. Click subscribe. All of our shows come to you live. The best interviews, the most interesting segments. Should we actually produce one of those? Behind the scenes content? What behind the scenes? Yeah, what what behind the scenes content do we release? How much more behind the show would you want to be? Oh, distances, miles. (laughs) Any behind the scene content you're releasing today? Grandy. Well, I don't know about that, but, uh, you know, maybe stuff from Warriors games that most fans can't see. That sort of thing. Not just shows. Oh. Everything. Behind those scenes. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't know. You. I thought maybe you wanted, like, the background story on my totally awesome t-shirt. Is that behind the scenes content? Eh, I don't know. Maybe a background story on Ray's totally awesome sweatshirt? No, nobody cares. In fact, I don't care. I think I'm going to go home tonight and burn this. Go to 95.7 The Game YouTube page. Click subscribe and make at least one man in a corner office happy. Do it for Nahagian. Why? What's he done to make us happy? No, 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 no. We don't do anything to make anyone happy. I'm talking about the audience. This is uh, this is called an ask. This is a call to action. Like, click, subscribe. Any day his car isn't repoed is a good day for him. It's a great day for all of us if you really think about it. Uh, we've been lucky, Ray. I know we don't talk about how lucky we are, but we're lucky guys. We've seen a lot of cool stuff happen with our own two eyes, uh, if not together, sharing time on the air. But throughout our careers, which yours started a touch earlier than mine did. So maybe you've got a few more of these things, but here are just the records that I've seen fall in my lifetime that were like unbreakable starting with Cal Ripken's consecutive games. Like, is there anything that was offered up more as unbreakable that now falls into the category 
of more unbreakable than that because it's simply a work day that will not be allowed by Major League Baseball ever again. So, you know, you can talk about your Cy Young records, your your win records, your 300 wins as a pitcher, innings, strikeouts, whatever. All of that would be very hard to fall, but conceptually could. No one is ever going to be allowed to play that many consecutive games ever again in Major League Baseball. An argument could be made. Cal wasn't shouldn't have been allowed to do that. He might have hurt the team at times, but that that we'll never see that go. No, go, we won't down. see that. Um, we won't see anybody win Cy Young's 511 games. Uh, we won't see. We won't see somebody average. 50, 30, and 20 for a season the way we did Will Chamberlain. Look, we won't see... Although the, Cal, Cam Thomas... Cam Thomas could do it. He could if do he's going to average 43 a game in his career, yeah. he's a player to keep an eye on. Yeah, he's... Yeah. In fact, speaking of which, something happened last night that's only happened five other times in the history of the NBA. And nobody nobody paid attention to it for the obvious reason. Yeah, everyone's eyes were on LeBron. Yeah. Nikola Jokic had a triple-double at halftime. It's a pretty good night at the office. Yeah. I mean, he's the MVP unless he decides to quit basketball. He's special. He's special. But at some point, I don't know if he qualifies for that third MVP. Because for a third MVP, you better be one of the all-timers. Like, you better be in the picture of the greatest players of all time. The amount of guys who, you know, Michael Jordan could have walked away with 15 MVPs then. You know what I mean? Like, if we're just going to give it to the guy who puts up the gaudiest numbers every year, that shouldn't be the way to do it. It shouldn't be the way to do it. No, but it's not the gaudiest. It's the gaudiest set of numbers. Because he's not only uh, just a guy who gives you standard stats. He gives you all the advanced stats you could possibly want. And then, if that's not good enough for you, you can watch him play and how he makes what would seemingly be an okay but not special team the best team in the Western Conference. I mean, and by a distance. I mean, I I think I don't put tons of stock in how many MVPs you have. Like, if you do this this many times, you are this kind of player. But he's had three years in a row where he's been the best player. He's been fantastic, but he's got, I'm the best player of the regular season written all over him. But that's what the MVP is. Doesn't quite translate to, but but again, when you start talking about historical levels of MVP awards being foisted upon somebody, you, you better hang a banner. That's all I'm saying. And I don't think the Denver Nuggets are even going to be close to an NBA Finals this year. Uh, they, they might very well be, because I don't see anybody in the West who's better than them. All I'm saying is, if you're just talking about MVP awards, those are regular season awards, and that's all they are. And based on that, he's had the best year of anybody. But that's not all they are in the NBA, historically. And I know you could say, well, they are historically, but they're also not. The NBA has used its MVPs in more ways to properly frame a player's greatness other than just reward the season had probably more than any other league. You know no, what I mean? they count rings more than they count MVPs. They really do. You know, I mean it's you know, it's not that's not universal, neither is the MVP, but if you have rings and MVPs, you're in that group. He doesn't have a ring yet, and I grant you that. But these last three years he's been 
the best regular season player in basketball. All right, I want to get back to the things and records we've actually seen broken with our own two eyes, which prevents us from even talking about Cy Young's win record because we weren't around for that. Not even you, Ray. Barry Bonds passing Hank Aaron home run title. I don't think we're going to see the home run title fall in my lifetime. I think that that gets handed to another generation. LeBron passing Kareem. I don't think that falls in my lifetime going forward. How about this? Maybe the most up to be passed unbreakable record. Wayne Gretzky passing Gordy Howe for most goals in NHL history. I do remember when that happened. Wayne Gretzky will be passed by Alexander Ovechkin and 83 more goals, Ray. That's the next major sports record to fall. If Ovechkin stays healthy, I believe he's got a contract right now for another three, four more years. He's going to get that record. Probably will. I mean, I don't see him not playing anymore, barring injury, you know, before he gets that record. 83 goals is two years. It's two years, and I think he's got four years left on his deal. So uh, we saw Drew Brees pass Peyton Manning. We saw Brady pass both of them for the NHL or the NFL's passing yardage record. We saw Walter Payton. Uh, we saw Emmett Smith pass Walter. We have seen what Adrian Peterson single season or whatever it was. Uh, who, who was a single season? Eric Dickerson. Is it Eric Dickerson? We saw that. We saw Ricky Henderson obviously pass Lou Brock, single season steals record, all-time career record. Uh, Trevor Hoffman and Mariano Rivera set all-time saves records in my lifetime. We saw Michael Phelps win eight gold medals in Beijing for most medals in an Olympics, passing uh, um, Mark Spitz. We've seen a lot of coaching records kind of come and go and fall in my lifetime, especially in college basketball. What was never going to happen. No one was ever going to pass Adolph Rupp. Well, then Dean Smith did. And then Dean Smith got passed for most NCAA tournament wins by Bob Knight, who got passed by Roy Williams, who got passed by Bob Huggins, who got passed by Jim Calhoun, who got passed by Jim Beheim, who got passed by Mike Krzyzewski. So we've seen that come and go quite a, quite a few times. Nick Saban passing Bear Bryant for most wins in college football national championships. I don't know how much we hold on to this one romantically, but he did it. I saw him do it. Lance Armstrong, seven straight Tour de France titles. That's never going to happen again for a lot of reasons. Yeah, for, well, for one more than any other. <laughs> the one thing that was promised to us that we're not going to get, Tiger passing Jack and Majors. That looked to be as sign sealed delivered. That thing is going down in the middle of Tiger's prime as any of those. Well, that'll never happen. It probably goes down as a, that'll never happen. Yeah, I can't. No, it, it's not going to happen now. I mean, it just he has put his body through too many things too many times. Obviously, baseball comes with a list of categories that will never fall because that's just simply not how athletes are used or the game is played anymore. So I'd almost, I almost don't even go back and count them. But there is one coaching record that absolutely will never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, ever fall. No college basketball coach is ever going to win 11 national championships to pass John Wooden's 10. You wouldn't think so. That conceptually could happen, but it also conceptually could never happen in the modern world that we live in. It could, if you consider the possibility that college sports is basically reducing a lot of people who can be in it by the, by the virtue of money is now the most important thing. 
in ways that it wasn't ever before, which greatly reduces the number of teams could get in the way of a great coach. So I could see a situation where somebody wins 10, but you know that's based on the notion that 360 teams in the NC2A tournament might very well be reduced to 64 again. You know, just now you guys aren't majors anymore. We we've we've whittled you down. Like who's winning 10 national championships? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm saying it's conceivable. It's unlikely, but it's conceivable and it's more conceivable now than when they first opened up the tournament. Oh, to me, it's less conceivable now than ever before. Like, I, I, 10? I mean, what Krzyzewski win? Five? Okay, but the field of the tournament became, went from when he first started from, I think, 32 to 68. I would not be surprised in the next 10 years, given the way college sports is going, that there are not going to be as many teams who can qualify for the tournament. That's what I'm saying. Your chances get better if you do all the other things that great coaches do, including buy players. And you could you could get ten. I I just I, I mean I no I get what you're saying, but I think the landscape of college sports is changing before our eyes, and there are going to be fewer and fewer people who can play at that. And if there are fewer and fewer people who can play at that, you eventually get to where Wooden was, where he only had to win three or four games to win a title. Right, but that's, it's still, it's, there's, there's it, you know, it's not a best of seven. It's a have a bad night, you went home tournament, and that's what makes it great. And expanding it beyond, here's the thing, there is no more perfect sporting event in the world than the NCAA tournament. So, of course, they're going to mess with it and screw it up. Yeah, well, that's what, that, that is the crux of my argument, that they will screw it up and there will be fewer and fewer teams that can, can, compete at that level because as we're seeing in college football this is all about money now. I mean Jim Beheim turned purple the other day because he wanted to list the number of teams that buy players now with NIL ignoring the fact that Syracuse used to buy their share of players with glee. Right. Carmelo didn't go there because he liked the campus. Yeah, he loved it so much he stayed a year. By the way, welcome one and all to your 5 o'clock hour. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.